I think about heaven. I think about the fact of the Lord Jesus Christ being on the throne. The reality is we're going to be in heaven for all eternity if you're a child of God. And I, you know, you think about what heaven's going to be like, and we can't even comprehend the greatness and the most beautiful place that's ever been created, the greatness of the most awesome, the most awesome thing we'll ever see, and that's being able to see God, being able to see the Lord Jesus Christ, being able to kneel down and to be able to worship him. And I want you to just listen to this song and think about, think about heaven. As a child of God, that's what we have to look forward to. city called glory so bright and so fair when I entered the gates I cried holy the angels all met me there. They carried me from mansion to mansion, and all the sights I saw. But I said, I want to see Jesus, the one who died for all. Then I bowed on my knees and cried, talked 
with Mark and Timothy. But I said, Timothy, I want to see Jesus Cause he's the one who died for me Then I bowed on my knees and cried Holy, holy God, you are holy. I clapped my hands and sang glory. Heaven's a real place. And I'm going to heaven. How about you this morning? Are you glad you're saved today? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Just a thought. It's hard to, to comprehend. But it's going to be real. It's going to be more real than what we're sitting in, what you're seated in right now, what I'm standing on right here. For all eternity will be in heaven forevermore. I praise the Lord for that. And the great news is, those of us that have gone on before us, Brothers and sisters in the Lord, maybe mom and dad, grandpa, grandma, I'm going to get to see him again. I'm looking forward to that. That child that's gone on before. Praise God. This is not what it's all about. This is not the end. This life I'm talking about. It is for God's glory that we're here. It's for the kingdom to be increased that we still are here and i praise the lord for the privilege to know that i'm on the way to heaven do you know that you're on your way to heaven say amen amen, amen. praise the lord for that take your bible turn to john chapter 21 if you would this morning this morning will be a little bit different type of message i want us to look at a story a real story a true story kind of a testimony of a man testimony of a man that can encourage us by his testimony and teach us by his testimony as well. 
In John chapter 21, the Gospel of John was written by John the Beloved. John was the only one that was there. They did not run and hide when Jesus Christ was being crucified. And we're reading from his Gospel, but the main focus is not going to be on John this morning. We're going to see some reflection of John. But we're going to be looking at um, Peter this morning, learning from his life. Before we look at this passage, before we read it, I want to share with you a true story. A story of a man and his life and what he went through that's hard to imagine even in this world. In this, when I say this world, I'm talking about in this country, living in this world. It's hard for us to comprehend what it would have been like to, to live with this man lived. This man lived in Romania back when there was an iron curtain, if you remember those days. Young people, you, you don't realize just how uh, things have changed in the last 40 years. How that behind the iron curtain used to be a place where you could not go and publicly proclaim the, the gospel of Jesus Christ without a threat of losing your life. Communism was trying to rob people and trying to tell them there is no such thing as a God. They did all they could to try to wipe it out. We see the same thing happening right now in this country, by the way. They're trying to completely wipe out the fact and teaching our kids that there is no God. They were very successful behind the Iron Curtain. They used a gun to enforce it. Don't think that we're not that far off from something like that in this country. They probably never thought it would be like that there in that country, but it was. And this man, his name was Joseph Tson, T-S-O-N. He was a pastor of the Second Baptist Church of Aradia, Romania. He was pastoring that church until he was exiled by the Romanian government in 1981. And he writes of his experience. I want to share it with you. He said, years ago I ran away from my country to study theology at Oxford. In 1972, when I was ready to go back to Romania, I discussed my plans with some of my fellow students. They pointed out that I might be arrested at the border. One student asked, he said, Joseph, what, what chances do you have of successfully implementing your plans? Joseph asked God about it. He prayed. And as he cried out to God, brought, God brought Scripture to mind, as God will do often when we pray. If we have the Word of God and we're studying the Word of God, God will answer a prayer through the Word of God. And this is the verse that God brought to him, Matthew 10, 16. It says, Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. That probably wasn't exactly what he was wanting to hear from God. I send you forth as sheep amongst wolves? He's going back into Romania and he's expecting to have persecution and this is the verse that God gives him? Hmm. He went on to say, he said, It seemed to say to me that what chance does a sheep surrounded by wolves have of surviving five minutes, let alone converting the wolves? Think about that. What chance? And it's like God was saying to him, Joseph, that's how I send you, totally defenseless and without a reasonable hope of success. That's how you're going to go, Joseph. Totally defenseless. No chance, humanly speaking, of success. And if you're willing to go like that, go. If you're not willing to go like that, don't go. That's what he said God impressed on his heart. He went on to write, he says, after our return, as I preached uninhibitedly, harassment and arrest came. One day during the interrogation, an officer threatened to kill me. Can you imagine? 
Can you imagine being tortured? Can you imagine being threatened of your life because you were a Christian and taking a stand and preaching the gospel? He says, he threatened to kill me. And then he said, sir, he said this to the guard. He said, sir, your supreme weapon is killing. My supreme weapon is dying. Sir, you know my sermons are all over the country on tapes by now. If you kill me, I'll be sprinkling them with my blood. Whoever listens to them after that will say, well, I'd better listen. This man sealed it with his blood. They'll speak ten times louder than than before. So you go ahead and kill me. I win the supreme victory if you do. Well, you know what the officer did then, don't you? He sent him home. And to Son, he said this. He says, that gave me pause. Now think about it. This is where it's really, I want you to think about this. He says, that gave me pause. For years, I was a Christian who was cautious because I wanted to survive. I had accepted all the restrictions that the authorities put on me because I wanted to live. And now, I wanted to die. And they wouldn't oblige. (laughs) Now I could do whatever I wanted to do in Romania. For years, I wanted to save my life and I was losing it. Now that I wanted to lose it, I was winning it. Wow. How true it is. What an example that we see in this man's life. And I want for us this morning, I want for us just to spend a few moments, and I want us to talk about the subject of turning your eyes upon Jesus. Having our focus be on on the Lord Jesus Christ. I want just for a moment for us to have a word of prayer, and I would invite you right now, would you ask God to speak to your heart through the preaching of God's word this morning? While I'm praying and asking God to give me the right words, while I'm asking God to speak to hearts, would you ask God, would you ask Him to speak to your heart? Would you ask Him to show your heart the truth of your heart? Would you ask Him to reveal in your life where you're at in your walk with the Lord Jesus Christ? Would you pray with me? Let's pray. Lord, I thank You. I praise You. I praise You for being a God that is holy. May our lives bring glory to your name. May our lives be a living example. And Lord, I pray that we would keep our eyes focused on you. Lord, I pray that you'd speak to hearts this morning. Lord, help us to hear. Help us to have spiritual ears to hear. Help us, Lord, to not be prideful. Lord, that we'd lay aside our pride and lay aside our own will. And Lord, that we would allow for your will to be done in our life. Lord, speak to our hearts. Lord, allow me to preach the message you have for each of us today. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to look here. John chapter 21. Look at verse number 20. Then Peter, turning about, seeth the disciple whom Jesus loved following which also leaned on his breast at supper and said, Lord, which is he that betrayeth thee? Peter seeth him, excuse me, Peter seeing him saith to Jesus, Lord, and what shall this man do? Jesus saith unto him, if I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. You know, I like Peter. 
when you read about his life and you read about what he goes through and the things that he... Peter reminds me a lot of things that I've done in my own life. I like when you look at a biblical character and you can say, you know what, I, I can see myself in that person. Here was Peter. Here's a, here's a man that... He, he wasn't known for being quiet. He was boisterous. One of the disciples that spoke out. At times he led the disciples, whether good or bad. But Peter had problems keeping his eyes only and solely on the Lord Jesus Christ. He had a problem focusing on the Lord Jesus Christ. In the days following the resurrection of Jesus, Jesus, he appears with his disciples on numerous occasions. In the previous verses of our passage here, we read there where Jesus, he restores Peter to the ministry after his failure of denying Jesus. And Jesus goes on to tell Peter how he, how he will end his days. Can you imagine hearing from God exactly how you're going to die? Can you imagine what the baby, look what it says. Jump back to verse number 18, chapter 21, verse number 18. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, when thou wast young, thou girdest thyself and walkest whither thou wouldst. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands and another shall gird thee and carry thee whither thou wouldest not. This spake he, signifying by what death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he saith unto him, what's he say to him? Look at it. What's he say to him? Follow me. Follow me. There in verse number 19, Jesus, he's speaking to Peter. He's saying later on, you're going to die as a martyr. But as a martyr, you're going to bring glory to God. You following me, it's going to mean that you're going to die for my cause. For me. But you'll be bringing glory to God. Church tradition tells us that Peter, yes, he did die as a martyr. He died being crucified. But the way we understand the story, and I can't say 100% sure about this with dogma, but what I can say is this, is that as the story goes, Peter, when he was crucified, did not want to be crucified as Jesus Christ was. He asked to be crucified upside down. Can you imagine? And can you imagine, here's Peter, and, and you know, here's Peter, and, and, and you know, you look at his life, you look at his testimony, but don't be too harsh on Peter. You think about what Christ has just said to him. You're going to die. A martyr. You're going to die but so the glory will come to God. Let me ask you, what if you were told that? At some point in the future, whether it be I mean, near or far, that you're going to die a horrible death for the cause of Christ. Can you imagine? What would you do? How would you respond? We look at Peter. Peter, after he denied Jesus and Jesus was restoring him to ministry, he looked around and we see how he responded. He looked around to see who was listening. Look at the story here. Right? So here we see Peter. There he is. He's with Jesus. Jesus says these words to him and he doesn't do anything as far as what Christ says about that, but he starts to look around. Look what it says in verse number 20. Then Peter turning about, seeth a disciple whom Jesus loved following which also learned, leaned on his breast at supper and said, Lord, which is he that betrayeth thee? What's he doing here? He's looking and seeing the one that Jesus, the beloved, 
Now, of course, that's talking about John. When John wrote of himself within the gospel, he talked about the beloved. He did not use his name, but he's, he's identifying himself. John, he's talking about. So Peter, he asked a straightforward question to Jesus. He asked the question, look at verse number 21. Look what he says. Peter, seeing him, saith to Jesus, Lord, and what shall this man do? Are you picturing it with me? I want you to go. Now, as we're looking at this today, I'm talking about a story. I want you to go there with me. I want you to picture sitting there. There's Jesus. There they are eating. There's Jesus. He gives this words to Peter. And he, he just told Peter that he's going to die, that he's going to give his life. And, and so what does Peter do? He looks around and says, well, what's he going to do? I, I find that comical to me. I honestly do. Can you imagine? He's like, well, what's John going to do? It's a good question. What is John going to do? What about good old John? Well, what's John going to do? I'm going to die, is Peter talking. I'm going to die, but what's he going to do? Is he going to die too? I mean, I want things to be fair. <laughs> what's John going to do? So when you're reading Scripture, I would encourage you to realize that you're looking at this. These are human beings just like you and I. Look at it from the perspective of this is Peter, and he's looking around, okay, I'm going to die. What's John going to do? What's happening in him, with him? Notice how Jesus responds. Look at verse 22. Jesus saith unto him, If I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? What's he say next? Follow thou me. Repeated. Follow thou me. So what about John? You're to follow me, is what Jesus is saying. Peter, mind your own business. Don't worry about John. What I will for John to do is my business. You are to do what I've called you to do. You know, if we're not careful, we can take our eyes off Jesus. Imagine in this moment, there's Jesus right there, the resurrected Christ. And Peter, he's taking his eyes off Jesus and he's worried about his brother, John. He's taking his eyes off the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, Peter had a history of taking his eyes off Jesus. Let's go back and look at his life a little bit. Think about what happened in his life. You remember when Peter was called by Jesus and was first asked to follow him? I mean, you remember when he was fishing? He was out fishing. He was fishing all night. And how many fish did he catch? Help me out. None. Anybody ever been out fishing all night and caught no fish? Raise your hand up. Yeah, those are the honest guys out there. Yeah, and ladies. Here he is fishing all night. You remember the story. There he is. He caught nothing and he had done all that work. And, um, and so here we see that you remember how Jesus Christ, how they told him to cast the net on the other side of the boat. And then they cast their nets, uh, excuse me, one more time. And then later on they did that. One more time. And you remember how that they got so many fish that he couldn't even, I mean, that was overloading the boat. It was just overwhelming them. The boats began to sink. And when Peter realized what had happened, he looked to himself. Look what it says on the screen there, Luke 5, 8. It says, but when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. I'm a sinful man. Listen, when we compare ourselves to Jesus, we only begin to see just how truly sinful we are. There's no doubt about that. But to Peter's credit, he immediately forsook all and followed Jesus. He realized who he was. He says, depart from me, but he ended up following the Lord Jesus Christ. He got his eyes back on him. Instead of looking at his own sin, he saw the Savior who would forgive him of his sins. Instead of looking at his own inability, he looked at the ability that God would give him, that the Lord Jesus Christ would give him. He had called him to be fishers of men, and he followed Jesus Christ. A great testimony. 
Later, when Peter saw Jesus walking on water, you remember the story. Remember how, Jesus, how Peter called on Jesus to call on him and to have him come? And Jesus said, come. And Peter stepped out of the boat and was walking on the water. You remember that? The only other person other than the Lord Jesus Christ to ever walk on water was Peter. And there he is. He's walking on, remoder, on the water. You remember what happened next? Matthew 14, 30. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and began beginning to sink. He cried saying, Lord, save me. He began to sink. Again, Peter took his eyes off Jesus. He looked at his surroundings. He looked at his environment. He saw how overwhelming it was. He was filled with fear. When When was he filled with fear? When he took his eyes off the Lord Jesus Christ. When did he begin to sink? When he took his eyes off the Lord Jesus Christ. The one that was sustaining him. The one that was giving him the ability to walk on that water was the one that if he had kept his eyes on and kept faith, he never would have sank. He took his eyes off the Lord Jesus Christ. And then there was the time that that Peter looked with the eyes of the world. Remember, Peter just made the breakthrough of the proclamation that Jesus was the Christ. Jesus was the Christ, and Jesus said that God the Father revealed that to him. Back in Matthew chapter 16, a great passage of Scripture. Wonderful passage of Scripture. But Jesus, He went on to explain to the disciples that He must suffer many things and be killed and that He would rise from the dead after three days. How, would, how did Peter respond to that? He rebuked Jesus. Let me ask you this question. Can you imagine rebuking Jesus Christ? Maybe I should ask a different way. Have you ever rebuked Jesus? Lord, What? Here he is. The Lord says, I'm going to die and I'm going to be be buried and I'm going to raise again three days. And and he rebukes Jesus. Said that that should never happen. Matthew 16, 23, it says, But he turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense unto me, for thou savorest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. Once again, Peter got his eyes off the Lord Jesus Christ. And he was actually pushing for something that would have had such dire consequence. You think about that. He was against the Lord Jesus Christ dying on the cross for his own sins. What a contradiction. I mean, there's something wrong there. Why? He wasn't looking at Jesus Christ. He wasn't looking at the reason why Christ came. You know, Peter again, he took his eyes off Jesus and looked with the eyes of the world when he boasted how he would never desert Jesus either. Remember later in Matthew chapter 26, he boasted that he would never, never desert the Lord Jesus Christ, that he would be willing to give his life. He would die if that's what it took. But you remember Peter took his eyes off Jesus once again. He looked at what he was going to do in his own strength. In Matthew 26, verse 33, Peter answered and said unto him, Though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet will I never be offended. Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, that this night before the cock crow thou shalt deny me thrice. Sunday, sitting in church, you sing songs, lifting up the name of the Lord, songs that remind you of how good God is. Your hearts are lifted up. You hear a message and God speaks to your heart. You say, Lord, oh, give me victory in my life. And you give your life to the Lord. And you say, Lord, I'm never going to fall again. Hmm. Then Monday morning rolls around. Hmm. 
we find ourselves, what do we do? On that Sunday, we're getting our eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ. We're being reminded of how good he is, how great he is, how powerful he is, how he's in control, and that you are his child and you're on your way to heaven and you have the Holy Spirit of God and, you, and your eyes are fixed on him and, and you're trusting in the Lord. And Come Monday morning, what are you looking at? What are you focusing on? Peter, he looks at himself. He ignored what Jesus had said was going to happen. Jesus told him what was going to happen. He says, Lord, I won't do it. Lord, I won't. You see, it was all about how big and strong Peter was. He looked at himself. He took his eyes off Jesus. He looked to his own strength. He took his eyes off Jesus. He looked to his own power and his own abilities, his his own finances. I mean, you can fill in the blank on whatever you want to. We take our eyes off Jesus. You see, Peter relied on himself and he failed. And I can tell you this, when I rely on myself, I will fail. Let me, let me rephrase that. When I have relied on myself, I failed. I failed. Here we see, even after the resurrection, even after Peter had seen the Lord, he gets impatient. We're going back now full circle to our text. He gets impatient. He's there. John chapter 21, after the resurrection, he's tired of waiting on Jesus. He's by the shores of the Sea of Galilee. He makes this statement back in verse number 3 there in chapter 21. He says, it says, Simon Peter saith unto them, I go a fishing. They say unto him, we also go with thee. They went forth and entered into a ship immediately. That night they caught nothing. Peter did not wait patiently on the Lord, but took his eyes off following Jesus. And what did he do? He went back to his former life. Went back to where he used to be. He took his eyes off the Lord Jesus Christ. This is right back to the very situation where he was called of Jesus. He goes back to fishing. Was there anything wrong with fishing in and of itself? No. It's the idea of why he did it. And there's something that jumps out. When I read this, every time I read through this, it jumps out at me. When I take my eyes off of Jesus and I'm leading, I can lead others astray as well. Mom, Dad, you take your eyes off the Lord Jesus Christ, you can lead your children astray as well. It's so important we keep our eyes on the Lord. It's so important that we don't trust in our own strength. I'm not going to be the father God wants me to be in my own strength. I can't be the husband that God wants me to be in my own strength. I can't be the pastor of this church and do it my own strength. There's no way I can do it. There's no way that any of us can do what God wants us to do. We can't have victory in our life. We've got to keep our eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ. Here we see Peter. He takes his eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, I go fishing. And he leads a bunch of people with him, followers of Christ. So back to our text. Here we see Jesus. He restores Peter. But Peter still has trouble. Peter's been forgiven, he's been restored, but he still has trouble. He's looking at what Jesus is calling others to do and not what Jesus is calling him to do. Look at verse 21 once again, back to our text. He says, Peter, seeing him, saith to Jesus, Lord, and what shall this man do? Huh, and what about John? Why are you worried about John? Why are you looking at John? Why aren't you looking at what I said that I want you to do? Why don't you look at what I have called you to do? 
You see, Jesus is, he, he repeated the call to Peter, and it was so clear. Look at verse 22. Jesus saith unto him, If I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? What's the call? Yeah. Follow thou me. That's the call. That's the call. Somebody drops out of church. Somebody stops coming, and you start looking to that person. You say, you know what? They, they left the church. What's going on? They left the church. Maybe I should lead the church too. You don't think that happens? Oh yeah, I've seen it happen. People that were faithful to church, people that were faithfully following Christ, people that were supposed to keep their eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ, somebody else makes a decision to take their eyes off the Lord and to fall away from God's will for their life, and they're more concerned about that person than they are what God's will is for their own life. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Follow thou me. You couldn't make it any clearer than that. This wasn't hard to figure out. This wasn't something you had to try to, you know, decipher. This was easy to understand. Listen, it matters little what call Jesus has on others and whether or not they are doing it. It is your position to be concerned whether you're doing what God has called you to do. We are called to follow Jesus. And by the way, wherever it leads, we ought to follow. No matter the cost, we ought to follow. In Mark 8, 34, there we see, and when he had called the people unto him with his disciples also, he said unto them, whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. See, that's what we ought to be doing. Denying ourselves, not looking at ourselves, not looking at our own non-abilities. See, that's the thing how the devil will work. He'll get you focused on what you're not able to do and therefore what you can't do for Christ. He'll get you focused on how inadequate you are. Let me just let you in on something. We all are. None of us are capable and able in our own strength to do what God wants us to do in our life. None of us are able to add to the kingdom of God and our own power and strength. None of us are able to do the things that God, to teach that class, to work in that ministry, whatever the ministry is, none of us are able to do it in our own strength. What we have to do is deny ourselves. Stop looking at yourself. Get your eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ. Die to yourself. Trust the Lord. Put your eyes completely on the Lord Jesus Christ. Take up His cross and follow. Follow Him. There it is again. Follow me. This is a verse to challenge every one of us as a child of God that we are to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. And by the way, when we follow the Lord Jesus Christ, He never promised that it's going to be the best day ever. No. It's not. It's not going to be a walk in the park. It's not going to be easy at times. We have to be ready to go and do what He calls us to do no matter what that is. For Peter, what did Christ say that He was going to do? Eventually, he was going to die. He was going to give his life. Now, as far as I know, nobody here today is probably going to die a martyr's death, at least today. Right? Probably not. You realize there's places in the world today where Christians will die today? They'll die a martyr's death because they're following the Lord Jesus Christ. They're willing to follow him no matter the cost, no matter the price. God's not called us, but, but what has God called us to do? What ministry has God called you to? 
I can say that there's some, there's some things that just are absolute for every child of God. We're to love God. We're to love our neighbors ourselves. We're to, we're to be part of the Great Commission and telling others about Jesus Christ. Most Christians today, they're not really concerned about whether they're going to die. I'm talking about in this, this country. They're not really concerned about whether they're going to die for the cause of Christ. They're worried about going to their neighbor and sharing the gospel. They're afraid to share the gospel as to what that person will say. What they'll think. We get our eyes off the Lord Jesus Christ as He's looking on that neighbor with compassion and love and, and wanting for them to be saved. And we get our eyes on ourselves. Talk about the, the pinnacle of selfishness. How could we even be concerned about ourselves when a person is weighing between heaven and hell? We focus on that instead of focusing on the fact that that person needs to be saved. That's just one example, obviously. God calls you to do something and you worry about you? Put your eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ. Die to yourself. Pick up the cross, that cross, that, the, talking about dying and being crucified with Christ and then really living. Do what God has called you to do. Keep your eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me ask you, do you keep your eyes on Jesus and everything you do? Or are we like Peter? We say, well, what about that guy over there? What about Brother Randy? Hmm. <laughs> and I'm using him as an illustration because there's, I don't have anything negative to say about Brother Randy as far as serving God. Brother Randy has things to say negative, and the devil does. I don't. But you know what? The devil, he'll try to get you to see people and find faults in other people and start comparing yourself you know what the problem is? You know what ruler we're supposed to compare ourselves to? It's not the person sitting next to us. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. Keep your eyes on Him. Die to yourself. Trust in the Lord. You think about what God did in Peter's life. Even though Peter fell, even though Peter made the mistakes that he did, the sin that he did, even though he denied the Lord Jesus Christ, even though when he was supposed to be going and being a fisher of men, he said, let's go a fishing, and he went back to his old lifestyle. God was still able to use him. And God can still use us. No matter where you're at right now in your life, put your eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you see his face? you see? Do you have sin in your life? What do you see? I can tell you, you see a loving Savior that wants to forgive you more than you want forgiveness. What do you see? Look at His face. His wonderful face. Do you see His love? Can you imagine what His eyes are going to be like? Do you see Him as He's leading you? Is he bigger than that problem you're facing? That storm? Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Put your eyes on him. You see, the question is not going to be what did that person do or what did that person do? The question one day is, have you done what I called you to do? As Jesus is judging. 
judgment seat of Christ. What have you done? How have you served? I want to go back to the story once again in closing of Pastor Joseph's son of Romania. And the last phrase that I shared with you, I want to challenge you with it. He said, for years I wanted to save my life and I was losing it. Now that I wanted to lose it, I was winning it. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Jesus said in Matthew 10, 39, He that findeth his life shall lose it, and he that loseth his life for my sake shall find it. Get your eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ. Die to yourself. Follow the Lord one step at a time. Use the word of God. Let it illuminate your way. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Let God direct you. Do you believe that God saved you that day you got saved and you trusted Him as your Savior? Do you believe 100% sure that you're on your way to heaven? And if you believe that, it's true. Do you trust in Him right now? Get your eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ. The day you got saved, you became a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Have you turned and gone back to those old things? Get your eyes back on the Lord Jesus Christ. You're in a ministry and it's becoming really heavy and you feel like you just can't continue serving. Get your eyes off the things and get your eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't throw in the towel. Don't give up. It's not about your strength. It's about his power and his strength in you. Die to yourself. Let's all stand with our heads bowed and eyes closed as we pray. Lord, thank you so much for loving us. Thank you so much for being a God that is so merciful and gracious. God of second chances. A God that is able. You'll complete it. You've called us. You'll complete it. You're able. Lord, we're not able. We can't do it in our strength. We can't have victory. Lord, I pray that we get our eyes on you. Lord, I pray that every person here today would make the commitment in their heart right now that they would turn their eyes to you and follow you. And then tomorrow they'd get up and make a commitment to turn their eyes to you and follow you. And every day this week, Lord, every day that we would make that decision to follow after you and get our eyes off other people as far as looking at what they're doing. Turn our eyes to you. Get our eyes off ourselves and our own weaknesses, our inability. We all have them, Lord. Lord, that we would focus our eyes on you, that you are able. You are all-powerful. You will enable us to do what you've called us to do. Lord, speak to our hearts. With our heads bowed and eyes closed this morning, let me ask you, do you know 100% sure that you're on your way to heaven? Because you've trusted in Christ as your personal Savior. You have no doubt that if you died this moment that you'd go to heaven. Is that your testimony? Would you lift your hand up high and say, yes, I know that I'm saved. I know I'm going to heaven. God bless me. Put your hands down. Praise the Lord. What a privilege to know. God wants everyone to know. God wants you to know today. You might be here today and you don't have that peace of knowing. God wants you to know. God wants you to have that peace. 
You might be here today and you say, Preacher, I'll be honest, I don't know for sure. I don't have that peace. I don't know if I died this moment that I'd go to heaven. Could I pray for you with heads bowed and eyes closed? Would you just slip your hand up? Could I pray for you? I won't call you out. Just say, I don't have that peace. Just lift your hand up right now, would you please? Could I pray for you? Anybody like that today? Christian? What are you looking at right now? What are you focusing on? Not able to do what God has called you to do because you're worried about your inability? Get your eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ. You don't have the power to do it? You certainly don't, neither do I. But the Lord Jesus Christ does. Would you get your eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ? You failed somehow in your life and you feel like that God, He has put you up on a shelf. Would you say, Lord, please forgive me? Ask God to work in your heart. Ask God to restore you. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's something that you can do right now. You feel defeated? You feel heavy and burdened? Why don't you give it to the Lord today? Why don't you turn your eyes on Him? Why don't you look at His face? Why don't you ask Him for His help? Would you make a commitment today, Christian? Put your eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ. Get Him off the things of this world. Get Him off others. Get your eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ and say, Lord, I commit to follow You. If that's your desire today, would you lift your hand and say, yes, I commit that I want to follow the Lord with my life. I commit to follow the Lord. God bless you. Lord, I pray that we would truly desire that, that we would die to ourselves daily, that we get our eyes on You. Lord, that we would serve and live in the power of Your strength. And Lord, I pray Your Holy Spirit would speak to hearts now. Lord, may we listen and heed. I pray this in Jesus' name. With heads bowed and eyes closed, I want to invite you. Would you come down to this altar here today? Would you follow the Lord Jesus Christ and how He's speaking to your heart right now? Would you offer yourself to Him? Would you come and make that commitment today? And Make it public. Would you come today and give that burden to Him? It might be today you need to come and just say, Lord, I give you my life again. Lord, it's been, it's been a while. Lord, I want to come back. You're here today and you don't know Christ as your Savior. Would you come and trust in Him today? Our heads are bowed and eyes are closed. And if the Lord is speaking to your heart, you don't have that peace of knowing that you're on your way to heaven. If you'd step out and come to the front right now, we'll have an, a, one of our workers open up the Word of God and show you how you can be saved today. Would you come? sing that chorus together. Would you sing it with me? Turn your eyes up. Let's keep our eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ.
It's so good that you're here today, and I'm so thankful that we have, listen, you're still alive, you're still breathing, God has a purpose for your life. God wants to work in your life, and he'll empower you to do what he's calling you to do. Just surrender to him. Keep your eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ. You're going to have a great day if you'll do that, and I can tell you tomorrow morning you're going to have to make the same decision again. Choose to follow Christ. Get your eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ, not on the things of this world. You may be seated. Our gentlemen have come forward.